The following is a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike LLC. Amziri has some room into the end zone for his second TD. So Iowa able to take advantage of the short field up two scores. Kane on for the point after. And the kick is true. Yeah, here's how it started on this scoring drive. Desmond King, the cornerback, with another big return. Electrifying, moving, juking, doing all that he can before it was punched in. Hello, everyone. This is John Patchett, and welcome to the football show from Hawkeye's Mike. This is our new Reporter's Notebook podcast. This week, it features Steve Batterson, who looks back at the Hawks' dominating win over North Texas, and he previews this week's Big Ten opener at Wisconsin. And you'll hear from the head coaches in this coming Saturday's game, Iowa's Kirk Ferentz and Wisconsin's Paul Christ. This Hawkeye's Mike podcast is one in a series of our weekly programs, which includes sports reporter Scott Docterman of the Gazette and Steve Batterson from the Quad City Times, plus our own Tyler Chumeland. Game highlights are courtesy of ESPNU, with announcers Anish Shroff and Ahmed Brooks. Okay, granted, these guys aren't the A-team, but the Star Wars reference almost made it worthwhile. So we appreciate it and thank them. Hawkeye's mic programs are brought to you in part by Prefence Hand Sanitizer. One application lasts all day. Try the hand sanitizer used by the Iowa Hawkeyes. And remember, the best defense is Prefence. And by TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, building strong and safe in the Midwest for over 50 years. week five for the Iowa Hawkeyes in the 2015 season, and it's already separation Saturday for the Big Ten West, as the winners will certainly have a leg up in that division race. It's Iowa at Wisconsin, Minnesota plays at Northwestern, and Nebraska travels to Illinois. Iowa opens on the road in the Big Ten for the 13th time out of 17 seasons with Kirk Ferentz as Hawkeye head coach. He's won the last two Big Ten openers on the road, 2014 at Purdue, a game incident that C.J. Beathard started and 2013 at Minnesota. All-time in Big Ten openers, Ferentz's 8-8. This will be Iowa's first trip to Madison since 2009, a game the Hawkeyes won 20-10. It's the last time Iowa held the Heartland Trophy and also the last time Wisconsin failed to win a trophy game. Iowa is 4-0 for the first time since 2009, entering Big Ten play. They're trying to get to 5-0 also for the first time since 2009. Wisconsin is 3-1. The Badgers lost the opener to Alabama. They won their last three all at home versus Miami of Ohio, Troy, and Hawaii. The Badgers have the second best record in the Big Ten since 2004 with a 693 winning record, nine straight wins in trophy games, and a 10-game winning streak at Camp Randall Stadium. Since the start of the 2004 season, they are 71-7 and in Madison. Wisconsin leads this series 44-42-2. They've won the last three versus Iowa, including 26-24 and a heartbreaker last year in Kinnick Stadium. It is, however, the closest and most competitive series in the Big Ten. Wisconsin versus Iowa in Camp Randall. The Badgers lead there too, 26-18-1, although the Hawkeyes have had recent success in Madison. Wisconsin comes into this game ranked 19th in the AP poll and 18th in the USA Today coaches poll. Iowa last defeated a ranked opponent in 2008. 
11 at home, that was Michigan, and on the road in 2010, also Michigan. This is the battle for the Heartland Trophy. Wisconsin holds that trophy and has a 5-4 advantage since it's been at stake. Iowa has won its only trophy game so far this year, the Cy Hawk Trophy versus Iowa State. This is, of course, one of four trophy games the Hawkeyes play. The other two, Minnesota and Nebraska, are still to come. Kirk Ferentz is in his 17th year as Iowa head coach with a record of 119-85 at Iowa. His 119 wins has tied Barry Alvarez as Big Ten head coach for ninth in Big Ten history. His next win, of course, would move him ahead of Alvarez in that ranking. Paul Christ is in his first year as Wisconsin head coach with a record of 3-1. It's his fourth year overall as a head coach in college football. This follows three years at Pitt, his overall record 22-20. He previously served as an assistant coach at Wisconsin for eight seasons. He's a native of Madison, and he also played quarterback for the Badgers from 1985 to 87. There were no significant changes in Iowa's depth chart going into this game. Television this weekend, ESPN and a nationwide telecast with Steve Levy, Brock Huard, and Shannon Spake. The Hawkeye Radio Network, as always, will have Gary Dolphin and Ed Podolak. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah! Effort all day, open receiver, it's caught, and it's a touchdown! George Kittle, the backup tight end. First touchdown of the season by the junior out of Oklahoma. Point after is good. C.J. Beathard has been perfect so far. Nine for nine, a buck 17, and a touchdown pass to Kittle. Let's hear from the head coaches in this coming Saturday's game. First up, Iowa head coach Kirk Ferentz, who was asked if this Wisconsin team looks like a combination of the 2014 season pit and Wisconsin squads. It's kind of interesting, you know, thinking about that. I think this is the fourth coaching staff we've faced now uh, since I've been back in 99. Typically, they've looked pretty uh, pretty similar. And obviously, Paul was a big, big part of uh, what they were before he left there. And uh, now he's back and he's done a great job. And the way they looked at Pittsburgh offensively last Last year is very similar to what we're seeing now and what, what Wisconsin did look like. Defensively, they, they made a shift when Coach Anderson came in a couple of years ago, and then you know they've uh, remained constant there. You know, it's kind of an interesting uh, back and forth, if you will, the Pittsburgh you know dynamic and all that stuff when we played them a couple of weeks ago. So it's an interesting preparation, but what we're seeing defensively is what we've seen. This will be the third straight year of that, and they're excellent on defense. It is a departure from what they used to be, but they're playing at a really high level uh, again. And uh, you know, offensively, they, they come at you. They're a really physical football team that likes to run the football. Ferentz talks about running back Jordan Canzeri. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I don't know if you can say somebody has a f- quiet four touchdowns, but it just seems like it was the other day. Uh, but it's a, it's a real you know tribute to him and the work that he's put in. Uh, he's been a good football player ever since he's been here. He's had some injury issues on and off, that type of thing. But the, the good thing is this year, including last spring, he's been able to really practice the way he wants to. You know, it's been really fun to watch him. And I, I talked about our seniors giving us leadership. Uh, you can start with right there. You know, he's done a great job that way as well. And talk about you know a couple weeks ago when LaShawn had to come out of the ball game he assumed that uh, carrying the whole load for us and you know he's just doing a really nice job that pass protection part to me really is a, it's a dividing thing for for a player you know from being a good player to a really good player. Kirk was asked about the Wisconsin offense so far this season. Yeah it's uh you know it's not a calculus equation necessarily and it never has been but they they play well and I talked a little bit about Pittsburgh's defense a couple weeks ago you know it's not like they got 43 blitzes that you have to pick up but they they know what to do and when to do it. 
And, and to me, that, that's the definition of really good football. It's probably definition of good anything is not being overly uh, complex, but, but knowing when to do things. And uh, I can assure you what they do creates a lot of stress on you, you know, d- defensively. You know, they just, uh, if you try to load up in one area, they're going to they're gonna find it real quick because they know their system and they know where to go uh, when you're hurting them. So, you know, that, that's, that's the challenge that's in, uh, at hand right now. And just look back the last couple games with them. Yeah, you're playing them well, you're playing them well, you're playing them well, and then boom, they hit you with that one play. And uh, I think that's kind of a characteristic of a good football team, and certainly they've, they've been successful at that for quite a while. Ferentz was asked about the marked improvement in the Hawkeyes' red zone offense this year. It's like a lot of things that that was obviously on our, our list too. Uh, you know, we've got a long list of things that were on our list since January, but that was one of the areas that we didn't do well enough last year. So, you know, we've spent a lot of time on it in terms of scheme, but more importantly in practice. Uh, but, you know, you just you never know when that's going to show up or if, if it's going to show up or if it'll continue to show up. But at least I think our guys are a little bit, maybe a little bit more comfortable down there and they've done a great job. But it ultimately gets back down to the players, you know, players with their execution and the guys are, are really doing a good job so far. And Ferentz talks about the importance of the Iowa-Wisconsin series in the Big Ten. Yeah, it's kind of like the same thing when we went to Illinois last year. That's the first time since 08, which it just seems odd when you have a border, border state school. But, um, you know, going back to that whole thing, you know, when, when you expand, there are no rules. Things, are, things aren't going to be the same. So we all knew that when the Big Ten chose to expand. And I think everybody's in agreement that was a really positive thing for the conference. So, But I, I would also suggest it's been really positive that, you know, we further expanded and redivided the other way. And, uh, you know, you can make a lot of arguments for doing things differently, but I think uh, for, the, for the welfare of the teams and, and the fan bases, to do it geographically just makes a lot of sense. I think that's really, really neat. And there's, there's been so many great games. You know, I go back to my time here in 81 going up there in Camp Randall in 81. My first experience, the guys were here last week, you know, Picar, uh, Pat, and Bortzi are all talking about that game. And just, so that, that's, that's a neat thing. That's really, because, uh, you know, we got a lot of recruits from this, this part of the, the Midwest. And, you know, it's just, I, th- I think it's, uh, it's been a real positive for the conference. Next, we hear from Wisconsin head coach Paul Christ. Try to stay awake now, folks. Christ talks about the Iowa-Wisconsin rivalry and the fact it's also a trophy game. You know, I first was exposed to it, you know, as a player, but I thought that that was one of the best things we did, you know, learning that from Coach Alvarez. And and I think when you you look at the the rivalry games, the trophy games that we have, if you want to win your side – You've got to beat those teams, and therefore, I think they are big. And um, I think our players, even before that trophy came in, I thought, you know, I know our players always enjoyed, and it was a big deal to play Iowa. So I don't, that's why the trophy now means something, and, and it means that, you know, if you have it in your possession, it means you, you won. You know, it's a sign of success. I don't think it makes guys necessarily get up for it more or less. I think it's the respect they have of the opponent, and but yeah, it's a we're, we're going to talk about it, and and uh, I think it's important. It's one of the neat things I think that here at Wisconsin we have is you know we do have trophy games, and and it's part of the history of this program and tradition, and, and I want our guys to understand it and embrace it. So we're definitely going to talk about it. Chris was asked about the similarities between the Iowa and Wisconsin football programs. I think that you know it's the it's the coaches and types of players 
that they've had. You know, I think it goes back to, you know, when Coach Fry was there, you know, for me in, in my recollection. I mean, I know before that, that was my dad when he was playing here. That was the one loss they had that kept them from going to the Rose Bowl. But I think that it's, it's interesting when you talk about and people compare and it's, you know, this is the same Iowa similar type Iowa team or similar type Wisconsin and yet they're all so different to me because of the players that play in it each year and, and certainly there's I think principles and core beliefs within the programs that give them an identity but each year is also a newness to it and I think that's what we get to focus on this week and, and uh, I said certainly have a lot of respect for Iowa and, and their program and uh, and yet this is all about this year, these two teams, and uh, we're going to have a great week of preparation so we can play our best Saturday. Christo Pines on Iowa quarterback C.J. Beathard in the Hawkeyes offense. You know, he's been playing really well, and, and um, actually last year was in a game where he came in, and, and I think he made the difference in it. And uh, you know, he comes from a football family, and I think that like a lot of players, you know, now he knows it's his his team, his his turn and I think he's playing confident looks like he's playing confident he's certainly very talented and, and uh, I think he's uh, he's a I don't want to say a big part because I think they got a lot of parts that are working for him but certainly a, a big contributor in, in, in their success to this point and Chris talks about his memories of this series I think they were the one thing that jumps out is they're always big games and uh, and a lot of really good football players playing in those games you know, I thought the one that my most recent one, you know, when we were down there, that was a that was a big win. I think our players would have maybe said that was the biggest win of that season because we had a, a big win at home, but that one gave us a chance to kind of be in the hunt. And and every game has been uh, you got to go win it, you know. And that's why, I like when you play against a team like Iowa, you've got to earn everything you get. And, and you've, you've got to go win it. They're not going to hand it to you. Just it's good football. All day to throw. Downfield for Smith. Makes the catch. Tavon Smith. Gone. 81 yards. T.J. Beathard locked in. That was the longest pass of his career. He is 10 out of 10 for 198 yards. That was his second touchdown pass. And right now this game feels like the death star against Alderaan. And it's because of Beathard. This kid's for real. How many things have you touched today? Hmm? Ooh, a puppy. <laughs> How many places have your hands been? Ooh, a keyboard. 24-hour hand sanitizer protection just makes sense. Prefins, a silica-based hand sanitizer protects your hands all day. Stays on. Up to 10 washings. Moisturizes. Alcohol-free. And safe for the kids. So go ahead. Touch anything and everything. Ooh, a toilet. Prefins. Keep your hands germ-free all day. <laughs> Time now for our weekly Reporter's Notebook show this week with Steve Batterson. You can read Steve's articles in the Quad City Times and online at qctimes.com. You can also follow Steve on Twitter at sbat79. Steve looks back at the North Texas game. He previews this Saturday's Big Ten opener at Wisconsin and also talks some Big Ten in general.
Steve, before we turn to the Iowa-Wisconsin game, as usual, let's take one last look back at the Hawkeyes' big 62-16 win in Kinnick Stadium over North Texas. They're 4-0 for the first time since 2009. The 62 points scored versus the Mean Green ties the highest score in the Ferentz era. And maybe most importantly, other than the win, obviously, was that backups got to see considerable playing time in that game. Certainly, having a chance to, to put the starters on the bench for the fourth quarter and let the reserves get some valuable reps. Certainly something you, you strive for every week, but the reality is that you don't get those opportunities very often. And Saturday was one of those days where uh, we got a little bit of a glimpse into the future at times. Uh, you know, Tyler Wieger's got uh, plenty of snaps at quarterback. We saw a little bit of Derek Mitchell in the backfield along with that from Wadley holding onto the ball. Just just a good day all around. You know, the backup linemen got uh, a chance to kind of get out and get their feet wet a little bit. And, you know, it all started with a very efficient performance uh, from the get-go by, by Iowa. And, I, you know, the big question in my mind last week was how would Iowa show up following a pair of very emotional wins and knowing that, that a pretty big-time Big Ten opener was right ahead of them at Wisconsin. It really delivered with a, a very workmanlike, business-like performance. It was about as, as uh, you know, about as, as well as things could have gone for the Hawkeyes. Turning now to this weekend, most Big Ten teams begin their conference play this Saturday. And for the Big Ten West, at least, it's already a Separation Saturday. The winners will certainly have a leg up. It's not just Iowa at Wisconsin, but Minnesota at Northwestern and Nebraska at Illinois. So Iowa, again, as I said, comes in 4-0. Wisconsin, 3-1. and They lost their opener to Alabama, but have pretty much had a, an easy task at it at home against Miami of Ohio, Troy, and Hawaii. This is the closest series, most competitive in the Big Ten. It's the battle for the Heartland Trophy. Paul Christ is in his first year as Wisconsin head coach following three years at Pitt. So let's uh, jump right in and look at Iowa's defense versus Wisconsin's offense. Iowa's still one of only two schools yet to allow a rushing touchdown. The other's Navy. They yield an average of 84 rushing yards per game. That's 12th best in the nation. They've been terrific in rush defense in the fourth quarter. They've only given up 59 yards all year and 55 of those were by North Texas. And they will be tested this week. There's no question about that. That's Wisconsin Wisconsin finally kind of looked like a Wisconsin football team last week. They uh, they took the field against Hawaii, ranked 14th in the Big Ten in uh, rushing. And, uh, you know, as they take the field this time around, uh, you know, they're ranked ninth. That's uh, it's what 320-some yards on the ground will do for you. And, and you know, it, it came at at a, at a time when Wisconsin probably needed it the most. Uh, you know, it had been determined that, uh, that Corey Clement was going to be gone for, for four to six weeks because of a, a sports hernia injury. And, and uh, Wisconsin needed to get something going on the ground. And, and, and Taiwan Deal, a redshirt freshman out of the D.C. area, stepped up with 147 yards. And Darai Ogunbowale uh, also uh, took care of business as well. The, the two of them combined for over 200 yards. So, you know, it was a very good day for Wisconsin's rushing game. And that will test Iowa's defense probably as much as they've been tested this season. Well, Iowa's play on the edge has been much better this year. That was one of the points of emphasis. They've got 14 sacks and Nate Myers. 10th in the FBS and 4th in the Big Ten, averaging 1.25 a game. Stave is 24-8 and now, Joel Stave as Wisconsin's quarterback. That's third best among active starting quarterbacks in the nation. He's got 7 TD passes in his first four games, 66.1% completion rate. That's third in the conference, and Bethard, incidentally, is second at 68.2. And in the last three games, he's thrown for over 200 yards. Yeah, the Bethard's numbers and Stave's numbers are very similar. 
similar. If you take a look at it, kind of how things have played out, uh, you know, he, uh, he really seemed to kind of mature into that role this year for the Badgers. I know he had some struggles personally last year that he kind of fought through. And, and I think one of the big things is that going into this season, he had the assurance of, of Paul Chris that he was his guy. Uh, he was going to be the Badgers quarterback, much like TJ is uh, is a Hawkeyes guy. And, and I think that's been reflected in his play through the uh, the first few weeks of the season. He's helped uh, Wisconsin overcome some some injury issues on the offensive line and, and obviously the, the injury and the flash lack of experience issues that they had initially at running back. And he's been a very consistent force within that offensive structure and, and getting some help from Alex Erickson on the receiving end of it. He has 23 receptions so far. And, you know, we'll, we'll, yeah, we'll test the Iowa secondary a little bit. Yeah, much like Iowa's offense, they spread the ball around a lot. Stave's completed passes to 13 different players, five wideouts, five running backs, including their fullbacks, and three tight ends. No question, and, and they have been willing to, to put those fullbacks to, to use fairly extensively uh, two at a time last week, and, and I think we'll probably see more of that. This is going to be kind of a power-on-power power type football game, and, and uh, there's no question that Wisconsin was that kind of ball, and, and so did the Hawkeyes. So it's going to be another knockdown drag out, I think, and, and Wisconsin will attempt to, to set that tone first up front, and then also with the, the very physical play out of the fullback and tight end position. Now, as usual, they have beasts on the offensive line. I don't think you can actually play on the offensive line for Wisconsin unless you weigh over 300 pounds. It's where it starts, I think. I think you're right. They, they, lost, they lost some experience from a year ago, and I, I think, you know, much you know, like Iowa with, with the tackle positions in Iowa, it's taken a little time for things to kind of come together. And, you know, I think Iowa may be a little bit ahead of them in terms of that, but, but I, I do think that uh, these are these are typical Wisconsin linemen, and, and they're winding up in an offense that, uh, that is very familiar to Paul Chris because he, he oversaw that part of, of the game in, in Madison for a long time and, and uh, this is the kind of football he likes his teams to play. They have kind of an anomaly in the sense that they've got a former quarterback, Tanner McAvoy. He plays both wide receiver and in the defensive secondary and as a matter of fact in their game earlier this year against Miami of Ohio, he made a reception and had an interception. He's a pretty special athlete and that was one of the reasons that I, I think Gary Anderson was so intrigued with him a year ago when uh, when Tanner transferred in from the junior college. Uh, he came in as a quarterback, uh, but he felt he was a good enough athlete. They had to find a way to play him. Well, that, that turned out to be on the defensive side of the ball last season, but uh, Wisconsin needed some some help on, on at the receiving spots this year, and he was a willing uh, you know willing person to, to go over and make that happen. And, and you know he, he's had a couple of catches, and and certainly a, a very capable receiver, a very talented athlete, and they're using him in a number of different ways. Iowa's defensive secondary play has been pretty good this year, King and Maben, very effective. They've got five picks in four games. Two of those came last week with uh, Iowa linebackers having pick sixes. Yeah, certainly a uh, spurt of growth there, too, and, and uh, some injury questions going into this week, too, with, with uh, Maben uh, and, and Miles Taylor both uh, leaving that game last week a little early, and, and we'll see what their status is on Saturday, but but, uh, uh, you know, this is one of those week where, weeks where it's going to have to be all hands on deck. And I th- think if uh, Kirk certainly alluded to uh, on Tuesday that uh, they were doing everything they could to put both of those guys in a position to be out there on Saturday. Yeah, Kirk also indicated that Drew Ott's getting closer to 100%, and he's expected to play quite a bit more probably at Madison. Yeah, you know, he wasn't needed a, a ton last week against North Texas, and I, I think probably getting him a few snaps was pretty valuable, but uh, getting the chance to kind of... N- 
you know, not take a few hits and, and just kind of rest a little bit, probably even more valuable than that. And the, the sooner Drew Odds back to 100%, the better off Iowa's defensive front is, is going to be. It's been pretty solid so far, and, and uh, a healthy Drew Lott will make it even better. Let's flip over now and look at Iowa's offense and how it matches up against the Badgers' defense. There's a lot of superlatives for Iowa's offense so far this year. 37.8 points per game, second in the conference. It's their highest average since uh, 2011. They lead the Big Ten, ranked eighth in the nation in third down conversions. Wisconsin, however, is fifth in the Big Ten in third down defense. Iowa leads the Big Ten in eight plays of 40 yards or longer. So much for the pleas of Iowa fans the last few years wanting to see longer plays and uh, some deeper passes. They're getting that. They're 26th in the NCAA in passing yards per attempt. And interestingly enough, 51.8% of Iowa's passing yards have come on first down. Yeah, they've mixed it up pretty well. And, and, and that, you know, it's a sign of an offense that's clicking on all cylinders. And there's no question that I think that, uh, you know, Greg Davis has done a nice job of putting together some game plans and, and scheming against the opponents that Iowa's had so far to, to kind of play to the Hawkeyes' strength. And you know, I think the combination of having an effective passer who, who has a quick release, is able to get the ball to the receivers uh, in a position where they have a few runs, a few yards to kind of work with uh, uh, before uh, the, the defender closes in on them. That certainly is going to benefit. And, and having a, a semi-healthy running attack and, and uh, uh, it certainly hasn't hurt either. The, the Hawkeyes have kept people guessing. And I think one of the one of the formations we saw a week ago, the three tight end look that uh, uh, they show really kind of symbolizes what kind of problems this Hawkeye team can have with, for opposing defenses. Uh, just the fact that uh, uh, you've got guys like Kittle and, and uh, Henry Krieger Koble and, and, and Jake Doozy back on the field again now, yeah, all very capable receivers. It, it, it creates some questions for the defensive coordinators. Do you, do you defend them as, as you would uh, you know, a receiver, or do you defend them, defend them uh, as you would uh, blockers uh, who, who are out there to try to, uh, to put a power game together? It's, it's, uh, it, it's kind of the best of both worlds, and, and what we're seeing is we're seeing Greg Davis's offense actually function the way that Greg Davis has kind of hoped it would function for a couple of years now, and so far so good. Yeah, the other huge improvement for Iowa is in their red zone offense. They've scored on 15 of 16 trips, and 14 of those 15 have been touchdowns. They're very efficient, and that's uh, something that has been certainly been lacking the last couple of years. You know, there have been times in that red zone's been kind of a dead zone, and our Iowa's had to settle for field goals, and uh, that hasn't been the case so far this year. I think they've attempted four uh, so far, and, and Marshall Kane's been perfect on those attempts. But the idea when you get that ball inside the 20 is you want six out of it. And, and I was done a really good job of, of, of doing that. And I think the balance between the run and the pass is allowing that to happen. It's certainly uh, it's giving everybody a little more room to work. Wisconsin leads the Big Ten in red zone defense. They've allowed just five trips inside there. Two touchdowns, one field goal out of that. So something is going to have to give in that respect on Saturday. Iowa's wide receivers are making plays, big plays. Matt Vandenberg now leads the Hawkeyes and ranks second in the Big Ten with 25 receptions. Devon Smith had that 81-yard TD reception last Saturday, and he's averaging 19.6 yards per catch. That's third best in the Big Ten. Yeah, and one of the things that I thought was very interesting out of Tuesday's news conference and talking with Matt Vandenberg, one of the things that he said was he credits Tavon Smith with allowing him to have the kind of start that he's off to. He said that Tavon is drawing so much defensive attention from, from the opponents that it's allowing him to, to have a little more freedom uh, and to make a few more plays, and, and he's doing what he can to take the, to make the most out of that, and it's it's a nice problem to have, and it's something I always work 
towards for, for a couple of years. They've got some receivers who, who are becoming increasingly reliable, and, and it's a real growth area in this offense, something that um, has been lacking in the past. And, and again, it will be challenged this week by, by a pretty salty Wisconsin defense. I mean, the Badgers are, are pretty veteran. Take a look at uh, some of the guys that they've got. You know, Michael Caputo is, is, is one of the best safeties in, you're going to find in the Big Ten, and, and they've got that to kind of complement a couple of, uh, of guys in Joe Schobert and, and Vince Beagle that uh, you know have, have been known to create some havoc. Talking about the running backs, Jordan Canzeri's 461 all-purpose yards, ranked seventh in the Big Ten, but he he's just been terrific in spite of some concerns that that slight frame and body that he has might not hold up over the course of the whole season. Kirk said Tuesday in the presser he wasn't that concerned about it and cited some other examples in the past in Iowa of smaller guys who, who played throughout the year and did really well. He had the four TDs Saturday, but he's doing also a great job of picking up blitzes as well as catching passes. Yeah, I think it's a complete game that really pleases Kirk probably the most with what he sees out of Jordan Kanzeri. One of the things that he talked about heading into the season was the need for Iowa's most veteran players to play that way. And and this is a perfect example of a senior who, who really has kind of stepped to the forefront and is doing some things that uh, you know maybe he hadn't done consistently in the past. And there certainly have been reasons, including some injuries and that type of thing along the way. But uh, Kanzeri is off to a wonderful start. And, and, and the more they can, can keep him involved and, and get him some rest along the way, whether that be with uh, Sean Daniels returning to form or, or Derek Mitchell factoring into things a little more maybe down the road, uh, you know, probably the better. But uh, Jordan Kanzeri is off to a really solid start. Yeah, Kirk did say that uh, LaShawn Daniels was looking better in practice this week, getting closer to 100%. So as you said, that, that'll that be key, I think, in terms of that one-two punch that they really like to have at running back. And you also talked about Doozy back in action uh, last Saturday for the first time this year, and that'll certainly help with the tight ends. Wisconsin's defense, they are the only team in the nation not to allow a touchdown in the last three games, and they're tied fourth in scoring defense, only giving up nine and a half points a game. Like Iowa's defense, their strength is against the run. They've only given up a total of 93 rushing yards over the last three games. It's a pretty salty bunch. I mean, they, they shifted a couple years ago to that 3-4 front, and, and it's put a little more athleticism on the field for Wisconsin. I think it's it's a system that these guys have been recruited for, they've kind of grown into, and, and it certainly seems to be working, and they have been particularly salty at Camp Randall. Uh, one of the more interesting stats that I've found this week is, is that, uh, you know, since Dave Aranda arrived there as their defensive coordinator in 2013, they've allowed fewer points per game at home, fewer yards per game at home than any other team at the FBS level. Alabama ranks second in both of those statistical categories. So, I mean, it's a testament to what Wisconsin has got going on the defensive side of the ball. They've made things very difficult on the opponents, especially at home, and uh, that's going to be one of Iowa's challenges on Saturday is to try to find a way to put some points on the board against a team that just simply doesn't give up many when they're playing in, in their own house. When you look at their defensive stars, and you mentioned their strong safety, Michael Caputo, you next have to look at their two outside linebackers, Joe Schobert and Vince Beagle. They've combined for 15 tackles for loss. That's the most by any pair of linebackers in the entire country. Yeah, and Schobert is just is so active. I mean, he's forced a couple fumbles and has four quarterback hurries through four games. And he'll just be all over the place. And, and they're getting really good play, too, out of Chris Orr. He's a kid that kind of stepped up into a more significant role this season and is really delivered so far. So this is a Badger team that has a lot of returning experience, but they've also got a lot of newcomers. And those, those guys have seemingly kind of blown 
blended together pretty well. It's been a very dominant defense so far, certainly the best that Iowa's seen. After this break, Steve continues our deep dive into the Hawkeyes-Badgers matchups, their special teams, and we talk Big Ten West. He'll run left. Kanziri with his third touchdown of the afternoon. Ahmad, in this day and age of spread offenses, we see so many spread teams struggle in goal-to-go situations. For Iowa, not an issue. They're built for those short-yarded situations. Kanziri, a career-high three rushing touchdowns. All Iowa. Are you or your local Iowa company looking for a new roof or sheet metal work? TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal specializes in low slope commercial and industrial roofing and sheet metal. Building strong and safe in the Midwest for over 50 years, TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, located in Ely, Iowa, just south of Cedar Rapids, provides strong, expert customer service and the best quality fit for you, their customer. For a free estimate, give TNK a call at 319-848-4191 or toll free at 1-800-383-7663. You can also visit their brand new website at tkroofing.com. TNK Roofing and Sheet Metal, your home for all your low slope roofing systems. Give them a call today. Again, 319 848 4191 or toll free at 1 800 383 7663. Talking special teams here now for a moment. Wisconsin's opponents, their average starting field position on kickoffs is their own 20.5-yard line. That's the best in the country. They're only allowing 16.5 yards per kickoff return and only 3.5 yards per punt return. Yeah, it's a, uh, you know, it's what you would hope for with, with uh, you know, out of your special teams. It's kind of where Iowa is, is trying to get to in a lot of respects. And, and I think that uh, it starts with having a... A, a pretty solid punter in, in, in Drew Meyer. I mean, he's averaging 40 a punt, but, uh, you know, he, he's kicking balls that uh, just simply aren't getting returned, and, and, and that, that, that's a good thing. I mean, he's putting in, you know, he's had, a, you know, nine of, his, nine of his 20 punts this year have been inside the 20-yard line, and, you know, that, that, leaves, that leaves the opponents in a bind. No question. On the other hand, Iowa's special teams play, uh, other than a couple of miscues, has been really solid. Dylan Kidd, who would have believed this before the season started, but Kidd leads the Big Ten in punt average 47.9 yards per punt. Marshall Keene's thrown in a couple of rugby-style punts as part of the new Kirk approach to things. Uh, Marshall Keene has been great on kickoffs. He's 12th in touchback percentage at nearly 70%, although he did miss a point after a touchdown last weekend to break that long streak Iowa had. Yeah, he, he was a little frustrated by that, but he also uh, he, he was, I think, probably more frustrated about the kickoff which preceded it that got returned, and, and that, uh, that carried over, and it was at a point in the game where, frankly, it didn't hurt Iowa. So if there's a lesson learned there, it, just in terms of being able to kind of separate one thing from the, uh, from another, that's probably a benefit long-term for Marshall Kane. But it, it's one of those things that uh, it was, you know, it was a, a stretch of, of 185 consecutive PAT, something that people almost took for granted. And an important lesson that you can't take them for granted. Everything's got to work. And, you know, there will, there will come a time when that, that one point will make a difference. Saturday wasn't that day. So 
if you can learn through that, probably a good thing. We talked about how good Wisconsin's been on their kickoff returns and punt returns. However, this may be their toughest test so far this season because Desmond King comes into this game on a roll as Iowa's kickoff and punt returner. After he struggled in that first half up at Iowa State, he's been almost terrific. I think that's fair to say. And he's been crucial in terms of setting up excellent field position for the Hawkeyes and several key drives. He's really improving, too, on knowing when when to return and when not to. And, and I think this is it's just coming through experience. Now, this is a kid who, who went to the coaches during the offseason and said it was something he wanted to do because he felt like he could, could help the team. And it, 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 uh, uh, that's certainly proven to be the case to this point. And to, to his credit, it's kind of on the job training out there. I mean, it, it's one thing to do it in practice. It's another to, to do it with, you know, looking down the barrel of, of 11 guys coming at you. And he really has uh, really has been a, a stellar contributor, not only in that area, but he's playing some pretty good defense, too, which, uh, you know, everybody expected that out of him at, at corner. And, and he's become a very valuable member of, uh, of Iowa special teams units, which which have become somewhat special, which is which is an area where the Hawkeyes really felt like they had to improve. And we're seeing some growth there, no question. Turning now to your prediction and your rationale, again, as I mentioned earlier, it's really early in the season to have a separation Saturday, but that is really true for the Big Ten West here, especially the Minnesota Northwestern contest in Iowa, Wisconsin. But, you know, even Nebraska might not have an easy time of it down in Champaign. So I'd be interested in what you think is going to happen in those two games and then talk about Iowa against the Badgers. Yeah, it is kind of an interesting first weekend. I like how the schedule sets up this year. This will be Nebraska's first trip into Champaign since joining the Big Ten. And if you take a look at the Illini, they've shown a little bit of growth on the offensive side of the ball. They've had issues with drop passes the last couple of weeks that have kind of impeded them offensively. Those have been pretty costly in their loss to North Carolina and in a close call with Middle Tennessee last week. But the 3-1 team, Westland is, is a dangerous quarterback. He's got a he's got a cannon for an arm. They can figure out, and, and he's getting more time from an offensive line that is seemingly improved over what they had a year ago. If they can find a way to, uh, you know, to eliminate some of those drops, I think they had five last week against Middle Tennessee. It's an Illinois offense that can give some teams some problems on a given Saturday. Nebraska's been a little wobbly in Mike Riley's first season. They've, they've shown ability at times to, to do some good things, but the consistency probably hasn't been there that, uh, that they would like on either side of the ball. Could potentially be a fairly interesting matchup in Champaign. And, and I think, uh, you know, there's no question that the Minnesota-Northwestern game is going to be fairly interesting in Evanston. It kicks off at the same time that the Iowa game does in Madison. But if you take a look at uh, at those two teams, Minnesota have been a little wobbly on offense uh, in part because of some offensive line injuries that have been fairly significant. And now three of their four starting defensive backs are listed as questionable for Saturday as well. So, you know, Jerry Kills kind of had his hands full up there trying to just get enough bodies in the right places to, to, to do much. And, and that's led to some really inconsistent offensive play. But they're, they're still a solid defense. And, and uh, they'll give Northwestern its, its biggest challenge of the season so far as well. The Wildcats had some injury issues during their own game with Ball State last week when they kind of snuck by with a, with some late uh, late score to kind of put it away. But it's a uh, it'll be a test for both of those teams. And, and you're right, it is kind of an early separation Saturday. It's much better to walk out of that first week 1-0 than 0-1. You're not, not digging yourself out of the, quite the hole yet. And, you know, I think Wisconsin probably figures it's in that same position as well. They head to Nebraska next week. So it, this is a pretty power-punched kind of start for 
the for the Badgers as, as Iowa comes to town, they're going to have two black and blue kind of West Division games to kind of get this thing going. If they can get through that, you know, I, I think it might be kind of hard for anybody to kind of catch up with them over the course of the season. Their schedule is fairly manageable once they get through that, uh, heading all the way down to a, a wrap up with Northwestern at home and then at Minnesota the last couple of weeks. So it, this is uh, this is a big week for Wisconsin. They, they've won ten straight games at Camp Randall. Uh, they've won nine straight trophy games. Uh, the last team to uh, to uh, walk away with a trophy against Wisconsin was Iowa. The last time they visited Camp Randall back in 2009, Iowa's had some success up there. They've won three of the last four games in Madison. I think it's a game that Iowa can win. I think that it's it's going to be a lot like that Pittsburgh game we saw a couple weeks ago at Kinnick. It's going to be a kind of a knockdown drag out that they better be ready to play for 60 minutes and whoever can get a uh, whoever can get a leg up at the end is going to have a chance to walk away with the end and uh, with the win and, and I do like Marshall Kane in that situation I think I was got kind of a money guy when it comes to, to being able to decide games he's got the right mentality and and I'm going with the Hawkeyes again this week 24-21 that is good news that is good news and Zeri again into the end zone his fourth touchdown of the game Jordan Kanziri the first Iowa player with four TDs in a game since Sean Green did it against Wisconsin back in 2008. Just a reminder, you can participate in our shows by offering your own comments and opinions on the Hawkeyes. The toll-free hotline is available 24 hours a day. Call 866-74-HAWKS and make your voice heard. Visit HawkeyesMike.com, go to the News and Events section, and check the links for up-to-date information on Iowa games, TV channels, team schedules, and more. You can subscribe to all Hawkeyes Mike podcasts through iTunes. And you can follow Hawkeyes Mike on Twitter, Tumblr, Medium, and Facebook. Also be sure to check out all of the Hawkeyes stories, features, and blogs in the Gazette and the Quad City Times. Our thanks again to ESPNU for the game highlights this week, and thanks, as always, to Steve Batterson. We hope you've enjoyed this Hawkeyes Mike podcast, that you'll come back for more. It's all Hawkeyes all the time on HawkeyesMike.com. One passion, many voices. Nice work, everyone. Sharp broadcast. Really good. Everyone on the floor as well. Really a lot of hustle. I liked it. This has been a presentation of Hawkeye's Mike, LLC.